I'm Julie. I'm Kalea. And you're listening to the latest episode of Girls With Fun. Thanks for joining us. Every week we get together and chat about something on our mind about BTS. Sometimes we're silly and sometimes we're serious, but we're always creating a podcast by ARMY for ARMY. If you haven't yet, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. And without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Right. Welcome back to another episode of Girls With Fun. Hey, hey. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to sound like joyful and it's not working. Um, <laughs> the technical glitches are not sparking joy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we have a very special episode for you today um we're doing something a little different over here girls with fun uh we actually had the chance to have have our very first professional interview um and we got to do so with the lovely jaquel i'm on corner horton who is the founder and ceo of fave yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it was a great conversation. One of my favorites that we've had so far. Um, I really hope that you all enjoyed this episode as much as we re- enjoyed recording it. Um, we had recorded a separate intro for this podcast, but the audio quality was not the best. Um, won't go into it too much to spare you all. Um, but one thing we had talked about <laughs> was the billboard article that recently came out. Um, and we'll have to save that for another day. However, uh, one redeeming point as Kalea pointed out in our original recording was that they did talk about this new app fave, um, and what fave is and what they're trying to do. So you may have heard of fave before, um, this conversation, but we hope that this conversation can shed some additional light, uh, solely on fave and kind of what the app is setting out to do. Right. Um, so Fave is a new app and they've recently um, invited the BTS army onto the app. So that's why we had the chance to speak with Jaquel. Um, and just to say a little bit more about her before we get into the actual interview. Um, Jaquel's awesome. She's like, you know, very deep in the tech sphere as well as the music industry. Um, she actually won the 2020 startup of the year at the music Tektronics conference for phase and was able to raise over 2 million in funding prior to his launch for top VCs and the industry's most powerful music companies that are behind the largest fandoms in the world. Um, she's also worked at Google for seven years, five years at YouTube, um, producing uh, content for YouTube creators and artists uh she's responsible for shaping some of the most beloved creator monetization and analytics features uh previous to google Jaquel launched award-winning music entertainment apps at viacom 
of Innovative Music Distribution at UMG and headed operations for teams spanning music label startups to established corporations. Uh, she's been named one of the top 100 young entrepreneurs in the world, top 50 women product managers in Europe, and in 2020, she made the esteemed Forbes 30 under 30 list. So, Chakel's awesome, and we were really fortunate to be able to speak with her, um, get to know her a little bit more, as well as get to know Fave, so that you guys can hear all about it. Yeah, it was such a fun and exciting conversation. She was super candid, um, ready to jump right into the interview, if you are. Yep, let's get into it. Okay, today we have a very special guest joining us on Girls With Fun. Um, today we have Jaquel Horton joining us. She is the founder and CEO of Fave a new social platform and marketplace dedicated to empowering superfans that recently welcomed some of the most passionate superfans in the world, us, the BTS Army. And Jaquel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super thrilled to, to be here and look forward to this discussion. We're so excited to have you with us today. Um, we'll just jump right in to make the most of the time that we have together. Um, so I know that you recently got seed funding and I'm sure you had to do a ton of elevator pitches. So I'm going to ask you to give your elevator pitch again. Can you tell us what fave is? Um, I saw that Techstar music accelerator described it as super fan gamification, but can you give us more information on that and kind of tell us what fave is all about? Yes, absolutely. Taking it back to the elevator pitch and always need it ready to go for sure. Uh, so, so Fave is a social platform that's dedicated to super fandom, right? And so it's a place where we want to gather fans to come together to just completely uh, immerse themselves in the fandom that they love, right? And just have a safe place to gather and just, I like to say, unapologetically, uh, you know, nerd out about the, the people that they love, right? Uh, and so it's where they can come and they can create immersive content together, whether that's sharing their fan stories or sharing their own perspective or asking people questions or trying to find their own sub communities on there, right? And, and ways that they can engage by sharing their own voice, right? Instead of only being on the backseat and hearing from the artist, right? Which is why we love them in the first place there. That's amazing. But there's also a, a story for the fans to tell as well of what is it that inspired them so deeply. And so we, we love to, to showcase things like that. It's where fans can connect and bond with other like-minded fans and you know, connect in deeper ways, like diving into a chat room or uh, throwing a watch party together that we're, we're getting ready to, to, to launch. Um, and uh, yeah, just find the people within the fandom that you can say, hey, I, you know, my best friend doesn't care about this or my school friends don't care about, about this, but these people do and they just get me and I want to uh, connect with them. Uh, and then it's also a place where fans can earn points and they can um, kind of show off their um, their super fandom in ways that allow them to prove 
prove their way toward earning things instead of only having to pay their way toward earning things, right? Like we know that oftentimes in order to get something super cool or exclusive, it costs a lot of money and um, there shouldn't only be the rich fans should be the ones getting cool things. You know, it can be the people who, hey, I'm just willing to put in some effort and I already am putting some effort. That should grant me a ticket front row to the concert, right? Or that should grant me some exclusive vinyl that I wouldn't be able to afford otherwise. And so it allows for that to be a part of the fandom equation. And then uh, the final thing is throughout um, all of this, we have a fan-to-fan marketplace where fans can sell things to other fans, right? And this is really showcasing their creativity, right? Whether it's fan art or creating, you know, pins or um, you know, custom Nike shoes with the butter logo on it, and uh, you know, so many different works of art that these fans are already doing, and allowing them to uh, uh, you know create businesses, right, and, and continue businesses in a place where their fellow fans are hanging out together, um, and then also allow for the artists to have a way that they can have a win-win scenario with their fans instead of feeling like they need to just take things down and, you know, be on the opposing side of everything. Like you guys are taking my copyright or your trademark or this and that, uh, and really align incentives. And so that's the platform, a long winded elevator pitch, but let's imagine it was hundred floor <laughs> building there, uh, just to give you a sense of what the platform is all about. Awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. That's so interesting to hear about the, um, like points being used to redeem for merch. I think that that aspect of it would be super well received. Awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah. And I know ARMY, for example, it's like you guys are obviously one of the best fandoms, if not the best. Should I go on record and say that? I feel comfortable <laughs> with that. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting to observe how you guys even do things to make sure that fans who can't afford certain, you know, even just records, right? Like you can't afford the album. Let's all put pull together to allow for for people to afford that so that we can all enjoy this music right it's like it's even inspiration from things like that that show hey it's not that oh i have this thing and i don't want anyone else to have it it's i want us all to enjoy this can't we all just share in this and there's multiple ways to do that so yes one thing about armies we are uh, quite generous in our giving and spending <laughs> So, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say this is like the only thing I spend money on. They break my bank all the time. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. Uh, so, can you tell us about the history of Fave and how it's changed over time? Uh, yeah, so it's actually an interesting question that you say because I still feel like we're in such baby days, right? We're just at the beginning. We're still forming and testing and uh, ideating and trying to find different ways to, to make amazing experiences for fans. But that said, right, it's like we have learned a ton in this short time uh, and have, have evolved in some ways. And so I think we started with you know, thinking about, uh, I mean, we've always had, and, and actually like this, that we've had the same mission from the start, right? Like this elevator pitch has not changed from the day one of pitching to, to now. It's the same thing uh, because we have found that this need started from us researching and talking to fans and understanding deeply what 
in what they want um, and what they need and what isn't going well for them, what is going well for them that we can highlight before we built any product, right? Like it, this wasn't, oh, we have this idea in our head, let's go code it and then see if people want it. It's, we want to make sure that this group of people are better served and get what they deserve as amazing fans. Uh, let's figure out the best way to do that, right? And so those bets were made from the start. And where we've adjusted is just the prioritization of those things, right? Like, as you can see, Fave started with expression as one of the key things that it did, right? Allowing people to share those stories, as we had said. As we started testing with that and growing more and more, we realized that connection was uh, an even bigger priority than we knew it was one of the biggest things, but we realize that it's even bigger, that it's like, I like, yes, I'm all good for sharing videos and making videos and sharing them with people. But what I would want even more is just to find people like in my, you know, same country who are also army, right? Or people who are the same age group as me, uh, because I think I'm alone, but I'm actually not. And like, I just want to talk to them. Right. And so understanding different ways to, to do that. Um, and then, yeah, like understanding how much, uh, or how little the fandoms need support in order to run activities. Right. I don't have to be the ones to tell you that you guys are, you know, the, the, a, a good fandom example that, you know, we'll have your cup sleeve events, you will have your, you know, charity fundraise, you will have all of these different things going on. And I think that's super interesting to highlight uh, and embrace further. So give you even better tools to allow for fans to come together to do things like that. Other fandoms may need some support in that and ideas and realize that they, they can actually do that. Uh, and some artists have even asked for advice of like, how do I get my fans to be like that? And it's like, hey, you can't just manufacture certain things. It's <laughs> all coming from passion, right? It's not like, you know, Jimin called you guys and asked you to do something like this. It's like, you guys are doing this because of the passion. So you have to make your fans passionate enough to want to be inspired to, to do certain things. And so I think there's a lot of interest in understanding how, to connect fans, but also what fans should do when they're connected. And all of that has given us um, the, the platform to keep building features and experiences on top of the platform that we have. So it's translating to different events, it's translating to different prioritization of features. Like I have said, a watch party, uh, for example, is something where we're thinking of a chat room, right? Uh, which we plan to launch this week. And so all of these um, data points uh, have, have allowed us to make the experience stronger and stronger. It seems like you have a lot of really great insight into what fans want in general and specifically ARMY and kind of the differences between fandoms as well. Um, obviously preaching to the choir here and, and saying that ARMY are super well organized. I think we've, we've experienced that aspect. I'm curious to hear a little more about you. Um, how did your background lead you to create fave? I saw, you know, you worked at Google in the past. How did some of those experiences shape your thinking? And I would be interested to know, like, you're super passionate about fave and, and about creating a better experience for fandom. What is your background with fandom? If you're comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I'll talk about both of those points, uh, the professional side and the personal side of my own fandom uh, stuff, which absolutely led to, to, to why I realized fave was such a 
important opportunity for us to tackle. But first on the professional, yeah, I worked um, at, at Google for uh, seven and a half years. I worked at YouTube for five years. Uh, and so being there, uh, I was driving the creator products and the fan engagement products. And so this allowed me to really understand what works, right? There's a lot of things that work about YouTube, uh, but also what there were opportunities for, right? And I saw very clearly that um, there was, <clears throat> sorry, a one-way street between creators being able to deliver a message to their fans, which again, we all love and we all need, and that's what inspires the, the adoration in the first place. But we also knew that there was room for the audience to react back or to participate in the content or to talk with each other, right? Uh, and none of those things were able to happen in, in an efficient way uh, on the platform. Right, you had just like a comment section that you know had its own value, but not, did not go into the depth of of passion that these fans actually have. You had a like button, you know that uh, yeah, like shows you something good, but it's like a super fan pressing like and a casual viewer pressing like was the same thing, and that just did not make sense. Uh, so there was room to carve out a piece of this audience that was taking this. Uh, and, and connecting with the content in a deeper way than just a passerby viewer that led me to realize that there's opportunities for faith. There also were other things that in person, I would go to different conferences like uh, a VidCon, for example, where uh, you know a lot of online creators are there. And I would see from the fans that they you know, would of course be chasing their favorite, you know, uh, idol down the street, uh, down the conference hall. But it wasn't that that was interesting to me. It was the fact that they were meeting people in the lines for a meet and greet, right? And becoming best friends with them right on the spot, right? Or, you know, hold, like grabbing somebody's hand randomly and they didn't even think that was weird. It was just like, yeah, let's go, let's go get this. So it was that instant connection that fans had in these spaces that I realized, yeah, a conference space like this could allow for things like that. But um, where is this happening online, right? And then in general, social media, it's like there's a lot happening there. And especially for ARMY, I think because this is such a, a interesting fandom for people. It's like you guys have a lot of peering eyes sometimes and like looking into what you're doing and trying to assess it and categorize it and bucket it into some crazed fans and like all these terms that it's not even that and it's not even like that. And I think you guys having a space where you can just have uh, it be carved out where people aren't looking and judging or looking and assuming and just like antis and like all of these things coming in to your world and just be yourselves, I think was very needed, right? Um, and so that professional side really led me to realize these opportunities and that no one was doing it in the way that I thought was really fan-centric. It was always artist-centric or creator-centric. And then on the personal side, yes, I also used to be a super fan. Um, in my day, it was Eminem that I was a super fan of. And um, this was where I, I uh, joke, like, I don't know how I got away with saying, like, the lyrics that were there, and like, all of these things. But I, you know, it led me to realize that I 
um, you know, understand the like lengths that a fan would go. And, you know, I would just like print timelines to put on my wall and yeah, use all like the color ink to put his name everywhere. And I didn't buy posters. I would go, I would go to Walmart, look at the posters and then try to find like an image like that and just do it. So I think all of those things were like, I'm spending every extra second I have outside of school to immerse in this world. But at the same time, like I was sharing in the beginning, I wasn't the person to go to the concert. I like, couldn't go to that. I couldn't buy the expensive merch. I don't know how I would be able to keep up with all the stuff that's offered nowadays, you know, but um, I still was a super fan and there wasn't a way for me to express that. And that also just didn't make sense, right? It was a mismatch that I had found. So it was, how do you have somebody who's crying watching your movie every second like can do can recite every word you've probably said <laughs> that was captured because I watched it a thousand times um, and reward those fans and recognize those fans instead of just the person who you know again can afford to go to the concert so there just needed to be a space for that on top of connecting with with other fans so I get it I get the mindset and uh, I think it's it was one of those typical like solving your own problems kind of things uh, and starting this, this, this business. Yeah. I, I love that. I love hearing that you're a super fan um, and seeing how fan centered fave is. Um, we're really big on creating like safe, friendly spaces for fans. That's actually how Julie and I met. <laughs> so Great. it's really awesome to see an app um, you know, trying to do the exact same thing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's super important to me. And, you know, often in the big, especially in the beginning, people would say like, well, why don't you just work directly with the artists or shouldn't you just, and it was always leading back to like the, what already exists. And it was having the belief and conviction of saying, no, it's like, we are partnering with the fans. It's like the fans are our primary, <clears throat> you know, uh, partners here. I don't even think it is customers. It's like, there are partners in this and we're building it with them. So I understand there's many opportunities that we could do, uh, you know, with the artists as the primary, but it's the fan as the primary and that can unlock so much goodness for for a set of people that I feel are underappreciated. Uh, so getting into our next question, would you mind telling us about your experience as being a Black woman in the tech and music industry? Yes. Um, so many experiences, uh, for sure, as you can imagine. Um, I think what I often realize here is that um, I have many times gone into situations where I know there's going to be assumptions. I know there's going to be underestimations. I know there's going to be, you know, people assuming whether or not I belong in the space or by default to meet a bar where everyone else is starting for them. And I have to come correct kind of and beyond, far beyond correct in order to have people look and turn and go, oh, okay, she's, she's somebody to pay attention to. So I think, um, you know, everyone who goes through that uh, is, is likely conditioned to realize like, okay, I'm going to have to work not even 10, it's like 80 times harder than somebody else to make sure that they 
give me the same respect as, as somebody else. Uh, and I was ready for that in this, in this uh, journey, right? It's like, I know that funding for, for women, right, is 2%. Funding for Black uh, people is, you know, like Black women alone, right? Less than a percentage. It's just mind-blowing to even think about that. Yet we're, you know, almost half of the entrepreneurs that are starting businesses. And so I think um, what I made sure to do is that anytime I was pitching fave or uh, anytime I was uh, representing any perspective or data point or um, a way to back up my, my, my theories or assumptions, I had it all on lock so that there was no space, not even a centimeter for people to go, yep, see, I knew it. She, she's not on, on it. Right. And I think that was a big difference because I came very passionate about what I was doing. Right. And that of course came naturally, but every time there was a question of, well, you know, how many super fans do this or what about this other thing? Or what about this competitor? I always had the answer ready. Um, I think there was like, <laughs> I can't even recall a question that somebody had asked me that I was like, Oh, that's actually a good point. I haven't thought it's like, I, yep, I've thought about this and this is what it is. Right. And so I think that preparedness helped a lot in people, um, it, quickly in the room, being able to respect me in a way that I unfortunately realized that sometimes when you go in there, they go, oh, okay, this is going to be maybe, not, which is so crazy to me of the pigment of my skin determines how well I can run a business. I just think that's super uh, weird. So yeah, but I think I've seen the results of that. I've seen people literally walk into a business, uh, a meeting with me and go like, oh, okay, so this probably isn't going to be like some huge like venture company. It's probably like some small side business you're working on. And I was like, no, this is going to be <laughs> a big thing. And then, and then I was like, okay. And then by the end of the meeting, they're like, actually, okay, this is, this is big. So I think um, it's a, it's a rewarding to, in a way seeing some of that, but it's also upsetting that, um, that, uh, that has to happen. And I think I'm also getting, um, that same bittersweetness of people applauding the uh, success that I've had in funding and the success that I've had in this early growth by because I, I'm a black woman and and realizing that it's like it's just frustrating to see why that's so unique you know it's it's like why it's that shouldn't have to be called out I wish that was so common that nobody even noticed that that was a factor, you know, so I'm looking forward to us getting to that point. Uh, but, uh, but we have some, some ways to go in the meantime, we all just need to, you know, be, be ready to make sure that people see that we are just as, just as equipped, uh, as anybody else, <laughs> uh, funny enough. Uh, and then they'll, they'll see, but more and more examples of this will, will make it much easier for people to realize. Right. It's, um, so sad that we're still here in 2021. I mean, I'm not in the tech space, but I fully relate to um, what you're saying and in your experiences. And we definitely need more black women in tech and we need more black women in leadership across the board in all areas, really. Um, <laughs> so this is definitely the, the icing on the cake for me to see that fave is black woman led. I love that. <laughs> <There you> no, <go. laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. 
circling back to something you were kind of talking about earlier about army being really self-sufficient, um, you know, being really organized, people having a lot of expectations around who army are, what it means to be an army, et cetera. I'm curious. I, I know that, uh, Taylor Swift fans, Swifties were your first fandom at fave, your first fandom space, but, uh, why BTS fans and why BTS, uh, as your second group that you're launching? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think a lot of people go, um, oh, wow, you're, you're starting in your you know baby days of your startup with the biggest fandom in the world. That's a bold statement. That's a bold move. You know, why, why that? Uh, I think it's a couple reasons. Um, one is because uh, a lot of what we were inspired to build Fave 4, we saw some examples of that already happening uh, with army and we wanted to again empower that more um two uh, army again preaching to the choir often is unfortunately misunderstood uh and showcasing the power that they have to um to represent their own work within their fandom uh, and allow for avenues that are specific to that, like the marketplace, for example, um, was another inspiration for us. Like, I remember when we first announced that we were getting ready to do this, people were calling out that art me's are going to have a space finally to be able to showcase their work and things like this. And that was a great thing for us to see. Uh, The other, of course, is the inspiration that we've had that led us to partner with Hybe directly so that we can um, understand and cooperate with them in order to drive a fandom like this, this forward. But I think with or without that partnership, we would be just as inspired by the fandom and, and driven to, uh, to, to start w- with you all because there's so much going on and there's a lot of things that we can learn on a platform like ours to, uh, to not correct, but to continue, right. And, and to go further or stop or, um, you know, just continue to evolve the experiences because it's such a diverse fandom with a lot that we can pick up on. Well, that kind of ties into our our next question. Um, that, you know, there's already, they have Weverse with BTS yep. and there's a few other uh, apps that are similar for other artists. Um, so what what gaps is Fave filling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a big one for us as well, because again, <clears throat> you see another fan thing. You're like, okay, there's something else. And particularly for K-pop and, and acts in the East, it's like they have fandom on lock. They know how to do fandom and that's not any secret for them the western world yeah we're still catching up there from my perspective but i think the on on the east it's very clear so what we some of the conversations that we had um uh, with the markets on the east was that it wasn't uh, a duplication of what they were doing which frankly when we went in went into this we were in the early days thinking like, oh, okay, we have learned a ton and got inspired a a ton from what they're doing on the East. Let's see if we can bring some of that to the Western world. But their perspective uh, in in speaking was actually what you're doing is extending our model because Weverse, for example, focuses on artist to fan, right? They give exclusive content for the, the fans to consume 
from the artists. What Fave does is do fan to fan activities, right? Where you all can come together to discuss and and ex- and express and you know have like a pre show or a post show from from uh, Run BTS rather than you know watch the, the the show directly there. So they saw it as a place to extend the conversations and extend the world rather than just duplicate, which I think was very interesting for us. So I think that's one key piece of what separates it, particularly from the platforms that you had mentioned and, and that, that BTS utilizes. And there's, of course, general things like the, um, you know, gamification that we have around the point system and rewarding fans based on, uh, you know, their their level of activity and, and what they uh, deserve to get rather than, again, just being just like any other casual fan. Um, the monetization cooperation that we have with artists so that they can be essentially in business with their fans, right, and uh, benefit the same way that, um from from these cheerleaders and these advocates that they have and uh, have this be something where they can uh, participate in that rather than, again, feeling like if if a fan does something, it's uh, taking money out of their pocket, right? Which which is not uh, the the place that we want, we need to be here. Um, And so I think these specific uh, areas help set us apart, as well as the marketplace, right? Really allowing for commerce to be a part of the fandom world in a way where fans can control uh, instead of, again, only being the consumers. Um, so I can continue there, but I think those are a couple things that really set this apart. I think you set up literally a perfect transition to the next question. Our next question was a little bit about the marketplace aspect. Uh, We had seen Fave kind of described as an Etsy for fan-made merch, but companies get a cut. Uh, One thing we are kind of thinking about, you mentioned kind of an adversarial relationship for some artists with their fandoms. Um, So this question has a couple prongs. I'll list them all out. Feel free to address them how you want. Um, But how do you plan to compete uh, with Etsy if the artists get a cut and it's official merch? How are you navigating copyright? For example, BTS has line friends uh, and I'm sure other fandoms have other, you know, agreements that they have with other, um, I guess, manufacturers or IP groups. Uh, What cut do designers get versus the artists and music labels and what rights do the artists have to their work? We have a lot of friends who are fan creators for context on this last point. Um, and, you know, one thing we thought about is, is what if, you know, our friend designs an amazing keychain or an amazing shirt or something, um, you know, they post it. And then the next week we see a very similar keychain on Weaver's shop or something like that. So just curious to hear, and I know it's still early days, but kind of how you envision this to all play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll start on that last point. That's a very interesting point you made and then circle back to, to the others. Um, that those the, the whole point of fave is to empower the fans and like truly empower the fans and so the same way that a big artist would have rights to say that oh you're leveraging my my trademark or my copyright or my work is the exact same rights that a fan creator would have if they were to see a scenario like that play out right there's no difference it doesn't matter who has you know, a bigger thing. It's like you created something. And if you see that being duplicated or something somewhere else, that's, that's not okay. Just like the opposite uh, may be. And so 
like if that happens to anyone like that shouldn't that shouldn't be the case and you should feel empowered to to go and, and stop that some of the things that we are working on though are ways that that doesn't happen by a mistake but actually on purpose where if a fan creator designs something and a lot of fans love it and it's and it's cool and the artists themselves love it they can then promote that that item or you know, elevate that item and sell it within their own store or bring it on tour with them. When those come back, I know about the tour cancellation. I'm so sorry. But um, the like bring that on tour when those come back to to have those, uh, you know, got fan made merch actually be sold there. Right. And so that's a partnership that needs to happen rather than a, you know, like, let me steal work from a fan. That is not Okay, so we should, uh, we're, we're working on ways to make that actually a great thing. And so uh, to, to, to circle back to, to the top of that, um, yeah, we, we definitely see the marketplace as where fans can, can come to showcase their own work uh, and uh, make sure that they are, um, yeah, like they're getting paid for, for what they're doing. You're actually remind me of the very first question that you had. Um, I, I want to make sure that I touch on that and then go to the copyright and other stuff as well. Sure. So we were talking about how would you compete with Etsy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you navigate other copyright and what cut do yeah. designers versus artists, music labels get? Perfect. Yeah. So Etsy, um, Etsy right now is a place where, and any, you know, any outlet, right. There's big cartel. There's a bunch of uh, Shopify. There's a bunch of others, um, is a place where you have to send somebody to go, transact every single time right and so it's i have a drop on etsy i have this thing go there go to this link and buy it and then when they go to that link they leave and go back to everything else they were doing what fave does and the way that we plan to provide uh, a better experience than what they may be experiencing on other places is that fave is where fans are already hanging out they're already doing other things right so they're jumping into a chat room, they're posting something, they're watching the feed, and then the marketplace is also there. And so instead of you having to send people off platform to go do something else somewhere and then leave, right, you can seamlessly integrate that experience into the place where fans already are. And so that's an added benefit that we're looking forward to seeing uh, come to life with, with the marketplace launch, right, where you know, you can have a, a, a live stream showcasing your, your work that you did and have people buy it right then on the spot, right? Um, or you can have a, a contest that you want to do to do a giveaway for people to win your, 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 your merch, right? Um, and you can, again, have the points that people are earning in the platform uh, link to unlock something that you think is super exclusive and cool that you want to say, you know, let's say this set of, of fans can can gain access to that once they, you know, do a certain amount of uh, things. And so there's a lot of integration points, uh, sorry, integration, yeah, points that we can have to uh, make sure that the marketplace and the items within the marketplace and the sellers within the marketplace become a part of the overarching uh, experience of the community already being there, right? And we're also looking forward to converting people who don't already have like an Etsy shop set up already, right? Where, you know, right now this is a lot of the the fan creators and sellers that we see, but there's also people who, 
you know, have been drawing in their notebook that's, you know, has not seen the light of day and it's outstanding work. Uh, we've had some people just like show us and reveal and it's like, are you kidding? Like you need to get that somewhere and, and inspire them to create their own shop, right? Uh, in, in, a, in a way where they can test something out or, or do something. And so I think, again, having those people already on the platform helps with that. Um, and then to the point around the cooperation with the artists and the copyright, again, we are uh, inviting the artists to come and, and participate in these sales, right, with the fans so that it's not a adversarial relationships, but they're participating in the monetization just as much as, as fave is, right? Like, uh, so that it's not a, hey, you need to stop this or take down notice or, or do this, but rather you can uh, benefit from that. But at the same time, you also asked about control. This isn't uh, where, you know, uh, an artist, like we actually went through a couple models understanding how much control artists are comfortable with having or not having on fan-made merch. Uh, and where we all settled was that they are inspired by seeing these things too, and they want to, to advocate for it. They know they're not going to make a bathing suit or a keychain or something, but their fans will. And so they want to do things where they can uh, just, if for some reason, something is completely negative or off brand or, you know, offensive or something that they can have the power to ask us to take it down, right? Just like a user would, right? Or a fan would. Uh, I think it's probably the same mindset. Uh, rather than having to approve every single item that comes in the store or restrict it, like here's a t-shirt, here's a logo, you can put it on there if you want uh, and go from there. So I think that's where we're, again, empowering the fans to really own this world. So one thing we're curious about, and that's super cool, and I think that ARMY will be really excited about, and other fandoms within Big Hit and HYBE. Um, obviously, HYBE was one of your investors in your seed funding round. Uh, I often joke that I would love to have an ARMY 60-minute show where we hear about <laughs> some of the workings of the company and not just the workings of the fandom, but can you talk a little bit about your experience pitching Hybe, uh, what their involvement is? Do you see them being hands-on in the future? And, and for the benefit of our listeners, Hybe is one of many investors, so don't want to overstate, but obviously that's something that we're interested in and is relevant to us. Yeah, of course. Um, they have been outstanding to work with. Um, they're an amazing company. I, I, you know, from the outside perception, I think they have a very, I mean, we see the amount of content that they help these, uh, you know, their artists put out, the professionalism that they all carry. And I think it ran true in all of my engagements with them. So uh, yes, uh, kudos to the Hive team. They've been amazing. Um, pitching to them was quite an experience. It was, it was fun. It was a 20 minute meeting and that uh, 20 minute meeting started with me doing my, you know, sharing what the company is and the vision and everything. And in the first few minutes, they seemed to not be paying attention and they were like on their phones. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're not interested in, in what's going on. And then I think it was like nine minutes in, they were like, oh, sorry that we were on our, we were just texting each other saying that we must invest in this and how much we love this and all of this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. It was very, <laughs> I was relieved to hear that. Um, wow. So, 
Yeah, they made a quick, uh, quick decision, I should say, or a quick, um, at least start to their <laughs> deep interest in fave uh, minutes into our conversation because they they got it, they saw it, and again, as I had shared earlier, for them it it was that that same thing of you're extending what we've built, not duplicating what we've built. So I went into the meeting thinking, I'm gonna learn so much from them. I'm gonna go in here, get all these insights. I'm so excited. And then they were the ones feeling like they were picking up our 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 thinking and our vision and our strategy and how they can do this. And it wasn't a, you know, okay, cool, let's go do this at Weverse. It was, let's invest in this team and this vision and these people because we feel like they can uniquely execute it. And so for them to believe in us in that way was um, was great. Um, so yeah, it was a fun experience from that. And I think like uh, six weeks later, a month and a half later, like we, we, we uh, closed the deal, which for funding, that's apparently pretty fast. So uh, for us, it was very clear cut and uh, actually sooner than that, because the rest was just like logistics and legal paperwork. Uh, but but um, yeah, it was definitely a, a fast decision. And we absolutely do see them uh, being more and more uh, in, involved in FAVE and invested in FAVE. I think we asked for uh, us to, you know, try out the bets that we have, like try out some of these early things. Again, as I shared, even though we have these relationships and these partners with all these labels and, you know, Sony and Warner and all these things. It's like, we wanted to partner with the fans and build with, with the fans and from the fan ground up um, and not have too much uh, influence on only what the label wanted to see, you know? Uh, and so we wanted to be the ones to share, here's what the fans want you guys to do that you may not be aware of. Right. Uh, and so we wanted to make sure that we stay true to that. Um, but they were very excited for the BTS uh, launch that we had there, you know, closely watching all of you and seeing seeing you in there. And I think um, it's it's been exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's been exciting to um, to to have their excitement uh, in what we're doing. So, yeah, we can't wait to work much more uh, deeply uh, with the team at, at Hive, with the team at Weverse uh, and have you all benefit from from that partnership. So will they be having more involvement in faith um, other than just investing? Uh, yeah, let's see, right? I think some of the things that we're thinking about and working on are ways to get the, the artists involved, right? Ways to uh, figure out way, uh, campaigns for the fans to get more involved in what Hybe is doing, right? And I think there's a couple different angles that we're thinking of here, but I think from my side, it's it's both directions of how can the, the you know, the artist have, you know, throw a contest on Fave or, um, uh, you know, uh, like, <laughs> I don't want to give away too much because it would ruin some of the like, right. <laughs> surprises that we're thinking of here. But we are definitely thinking of ways for the artists to be more involved in Fave. I'll say that. Uh, but then it's also, again, how can the fans get, be more involved in their creative uh, process and their work, right? How do you, you know, showcase your 
desires for a set list that they should play at a concert? How do you, uh, you know, again, be that merch on tour with them? How do you, um, you know, give your take on an exclusive, you know, t- song before it gets released to the rest of the world? And how can that segment of super fans that we have on Fave really be the ones to get those exclusive experiences uh, rather than everyone getting everything at the same time, right? And so I think um, there's definitely a lot that we can and will do. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Yeah, it would be great to uh, actually see BTS on there. I think that would um, <laughs> attract even more fans on the fave. So that would be good sure. to see. Yeah. I love it. You're like, just throwing that out there. Just <laughs> making sure that's known. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I mean, that wraps up our questions. Um, This has been such an interesting and fun conversation. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to talk about, any parting thoughts you have, anything else you would like to discuss? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I I think I just want to make sure that um, frankly, maybe it's even a question for, for both of you around different nuances and ways that you want to make sure ARMY is uh, what what they're able to do on a platform like this, right? I think you could hear very clearly that I care so deeply about the fans and this particular fandom and making sure that it's a, a safe and exciting place for them to be. Um, but I'm always so curious to learn more and more and more from all of the you know various army across the world that I talk that I talk with, and you have not only yourselves but your audience that you understand the perspective of and and represent. And I'm so curious to see: is there anything else, right? Any other dream future? Any other uh, you know experience or thing that you want to make sure we don't do, right? That you would recommend to Fave because again, we're here to, to build this in tandem with you. So I would honestly t- turn the mic back over to you to ask for your perspective. I mean, one thing that immediately jumps to mind and, and I'll obviously also want to hear what Clay has to say, but you're you talking about uh, how to kind of weed out aunties, right? I mean, obviously ARMY is super diverse and it's so hard because you never want to gatekeep anyone, but it can be so hard on Twitter sometimes to even like have a thread, let's say, and then it just like completely goes off the rails. So yeah. I don't know what that looks like in practice, but when you were talking about having kind of a safe space for ARMY, um, that, you know, it there's less... I don't know, outside observers. I don't want to make it sound like a cult or super secretive, but that's super appealing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of product features and thinking that we're doing beyond just saying that uh, to make sure that that is actually baked into the way that the app works. So there's a lot that we're doing there. Um, Antis, like to avoid, you know, wars between fandom, like it's a whole thread uh, of work that we have. Uh, and we're leaning on fans to understand what works. We even, I think it was two weeks ago, sent out like a bunch of proposals of what if we did this? Should we do this? What about this tweak on this? Right. And so it's super important to us. Um, and again, that's just like the start of it. And then how we adapt that ahead um, and even build technology, right, to help rid of of bad sentiment and people who are there just to cause chaos for for no like negative chaos for no reason is automatically you know shunned from from the system and so it's a it's a place we look forward to innovating for sure yeah i think julie 
said exactly what I was going to say. I constantly see ARMY saying that they wish they had some space where it was just BTS and like ARMY only. So yeah. if they were somehow able to create a space like that where it's just really centered around the artists and the fans, um, mm. I think it would really work. I do love what you guys are already doing, um, you know, like trying to like, you know, do like Cup Sleeve events or having like run BTS watch parties. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that would like really solidify this app is if BTS were somehow on it, you know, if they were dropping in and I don't know if they could like comment on like the the merch or if they dropped into like one of the run BTS watch parties or something, um, or um, participated in like the, the little videos I see on there that you can look at. Like that would be really cool, really cool. Yeah. Okay, very, very good to know. Yeah, so safety and, and making it the place and the home where only ARMY can be, totally on it. Um, bringing BTS in and making sure that they have a, are a way to participate too. We're on that uh, as well. So we look forward to seeing all of you uh, there to keep growing the product with us on both of these fronts and much more. Yeah, I think that aspect of the watch parties is super cool in the cup sleeves and that aspect of community. A lot of our listeners, just to share like, uh, I guess a peek behind the curtain is they're super like geographically dispersed. So we have a bunch of listeners, but it's usually, I mean, it obviously depends by episode, but usually no more than like three to four in any given city. So people are super spread out. Um, so I think particularly for army and remote or rural areas, this could be a really great way for them to develop a community of like-minded people. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And even having like virtual cup, cup sleeve events so that it's not just, oh, I live in LA or and I live in New York. Exactly. Or it's like, how do we have that same vibe and experience with people who live in, you know, a town nobody has heard of, but again, they would want to go just as much as anybody else. So again, I love it. We're, we're on it and we are super, super driven to make all of this happen for you guys. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been such a cool and fun conversation for us. And I know that our listeners will be super excited to hear about some of the features you've already rolled out and will continue to roll out. So yes, yeah, perfect. And if there's any other thoughts you have or your audience has, uh, let us know. We're very accessible and I, I particularly am very like, I, I want to hear from you. Like I'm not, I love, love, love feedback and ideas and everything. So uh, if you, yeah, download the app and if you hit the share feedback button, like I'm reading that every uh, message that comes in, um, reach out to me like on LinkedIn, like just reach out and I'm very available and uh, I'm, I'm working for, for you all. So just let me know what you want. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Um, I'm really excited to see where the app's going to go um, and looking forward to, um, you know, the future of Fave. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Jaquel. Um, once again, hope you all enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it and getting to know her. Um, I know I was personally really interested and hearing about Hybe's investment. Obviously, she had many other investors as well. Don't want to, you know, short, uh, you know, sell anyone short there. But um, obviously, as ARMY and and K-pop fans, we're really interested to see uh, what what Hybe is doing uh, kind of in the music and music tech space. Um, Interested to see 
what features Fave and Jaquel might might work on in the future with that involvement. Yeah, it's a cool little app. Um, you know, you can like create your own videos, create your own content on there. You can talk with other fans on there. Um, and seeing that you're able to like, you know, sell your own items on there. Uh, it's pretty cool. I haven't seen an app that's been able to essentially put together like all the things of fandom into one. Um, so I think they're really going somewhere with that and it'll be awesome to see where they will go in the future. Um, they have like, you know, some cool events going on now. Like, um, I think they're even going to be celebrating Jungle's birthday this week. Um, they have like cup sleeve events going on. I've seen them sponsor. Uh, so yeah, they have a lot of things going on over there. So if you're interested, you can definitely check it out. And, um, I, I hope that whoever's making decisions over there at Hive can somehow get BTS on the app. (laughs) I think that would really, you know, make it soar. So we'll see. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping our eye on Fave and wishing Fave and Jaquel all the best as they grow this new venture and and excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, um, thanks again to Jaquel for uh, letting us interview you if you're listening to this. Um, We had a great time and I'm looking forward to our interviews from here on out. Hope we get to do some more cool stuff like this in the future too. I agree. We'll put good vibes into the universe. (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode of Girls With Fun. We will see you next week. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Girls With Fun. We're so grateful that you chose to hang out with us. Once again, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. If you have an idea for an episode or you want to share your thoughts on any of the topics we've discussed, slide into our DMs or email us at girlswithfunpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time.